You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode, or for those who are coming back, welcome back. This is one of my favorite things to do, one of my favorite things to help out with is talking about marketing, sales, and all that good stuff. So because of that, because you're here, because you pressed play and were interested, I want to gift you the 10 ways to sales consistency. This guide I created with my own bare hands, with my own little typing fingers, to really help you hit sold out service status. I know it can be hard out there trying to create consistent stream of clients and leads online. I get it, which is why I created this guide for you. So if you want that, then head to my link in the show notes to grab your copy or go to bit.ly.com slash dk10ways and... I'm going to try and spell this the best I can, which is bit.ly, B-I-T-L-Y dot com slash D-K number one zero ways. And if you really did not want to try and spell that, you can find it in the show notes below. That's there for you. And really, let's start getting your business and your marketing up to new heights. Hey guys, today we have on Alyssa Harrington, who is a personal wardrobe stylist who specializes in defining your personal style so it aligns with who you truly are. And her heart-centered process combines wardrobe styling and positive psychology, digging deep and helping you feel confident for a lifetime. So welcome to the show, Alyssa. Hi, how are you? I am so good. I'm so excited to have you on here. I am very excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes. So uh, for a lot of the guests who've been on here before, or for those listeners who might know this, they kind of know usually the structure of these shows kind of go from starting with your past to your present and future. So I would love to start out this episode with if you could tell us a little bit about how you grew up to kind of what led you to wanting to go down this path. Totally. And I am an avid listener of this podcast. So <laughs> I knew that. Um, yeah, uh, we'll start at the beginning. Um, something you should know about me is that I'm a child of a parent with a disability. So my mother was paralyzed when she was just five years old. Um, she was in a car accident, was hit by a drunk driver. And growing up with a parent that has different physical needs, um, I think made me more just naturally in tune with how others felt emotionally, as well as physically. Um, and I've always kind of leaned a bit onto that intuitive side. Mm -hmm. um, I come from a family that's immersed in the fashion industry. So kind of started young. I grew up in my aunt and uncle's boutiques. I was running around wearing like tiaras and gowns and things. <laughs> um, and both of my grandfathers also worked in fashion. Um, one of them was a pattern maker. And the other one owned his own women's boutique in Brooklyn mm -hmm. from like the 1940s when he got back from the war um, to the 80s when he passed away. Um, so it's kind of always been in my blood, mm -hmm. um, which is 
a wonderful thing to grow up around. And as a teen, like many other teens, I was obsessed with fashion. Um, I would hoard fashion magazines, watch like the runway shows before I went to school as I was eating my cereal. And (laughs) at that time, I was kind of in the thick of battling an eating disorder. So fashion was a great fantasy world to escape to, kind of let me live out a kind of a separate reality just so I could indulge in that. And then when it was time to go to college, I put my passion to work and I attended the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, uh, which is kind of like the Harvard of fashion schools. It's Mm -hmm. up there as one of the top ones. And yeah, I got a degree in visual communications. I worked as a freelance stylist in LA and I was working with celebrity stylists. I worked at Who, What, Where, and that was a long time before they had a line at Target. (laughs) (laughs) But I go in and I'm like, oh my gosh, hey. Uh, (laughs) I was on track to become a celebrity stylist. That was kind of what I was working on, doing red carpet events, editorial work. um, And I started getting very sick. Mm -hmm. And that illness was the beginning of a nine-year battle for me that nearly killed me. Uh, We can Mm -hmm. talk about that later. (laughs) Um, While I was dealing with uh, the chronic illness, I really crave stability. I'm kind of one of those creatives that does well with some structure. Mm -hmm. And I found my perfect fit with anthropology. I uh, loved helping women find their perfect pieces, help them style their real lives. It was something different than just working with perfect models. Um, Mm -hmm. And that kind of... uh, that part of me that was that intuitive part of me really connected on a deeper level with these women through major life changes. Uh, We had customers that were going through cancer treatments or marriage or divorce, so many different things I got to kind of walk through life with them. And all that time, I really had this entrepreneurial spirit burning in the background. So when I finally recovered from that nine-year health battle, I kind of had a new lease on life and I decided to go for it. Um, At that time, my idea was actually not specifically to be a stylist, but I had decided I was going to have a storefront. So I wanted to open this shop and I had decided that I wanted it to be sustainable goods and clothing and accessories made in the USA. And I went to this big trade show called Magic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a big, fa- <laughs> it's like a weird name, but it's it's a, one of the m- most largest uh, fashion trade shows and it's held in Las Vegas. So I went on my own And I was making these great connections with sustainable brands. And I was also attending, they hold free workshops and seminars for these small businesses. And, you know, I was starting about to launch a new business. Mm -hmm. So I thought that would be really beneficial, kind of hear different people speak about all their, you know, experts, expertise. And I went to many different seminars. And on the very last question, on the very last day, I raised my hand and I said, well, what do you do? If the product that you're selling is sustainable and really good quality and, you know, your customers are purchasing with purpose and they're being intentional about their purchases. And so you shouldn't have to sell them something, you know, all the time because these items are lasting in their wardrobe because that's a big thing for me. I think you should be intentional with the pieces in your wardrobe and purchase with purpose. Mm -hmm. And the man holding the seminar said, well, that's a selling point that it's sustainable and that's good and all, but you need to keep your doors open and you need to be selling them at least one new item every single week for every customer that comes through that door. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's your livelihood. And I, the weight of the world was on my shoulders when I heard that. I didn't know what to do because basically my entire idea went against everything that I really wanted. I wanted mm-hmm. to be helping women, but I did not want to be pushing them or selling them things. Um, 
So I went into full crisis mode, as you do. Um, how on earth, you know, could I still help these women if I had no store to style them in? So there I am, like, crying alone in this Las Vegas hotel room. Um, and hours go by, and I'm I'm really trying to search my soul and figure out what to do. And then I have this moment of, like, divine clarity. And the vision became clear as day to me. I knew I had to help style women, but I wanted to do it on my own terms. And this has kind of developed as I've been helping women. It's becoming more and more clear as I go. But mm-hmm. I wanted to help them not only dress themselves, but feel amazing about themselves as a whole, about their insecurities, their life goals, and their wardrobes as well. And it's kind of a fully holistic approach to self-love and styling. And as someone who dealt with like an eating disorder and so many insecurities, as well as tons of body changes through my health issues, my mom's health issues, my process is very heart-centered. Uh, I connect with women on this kind of soul level, and I'm in my best magic mode when we're digging deep and mixing style with positive psychology. So my specialty is really helping women to define their true style and align their wardrobe with who they really are so they can feel confident and live their best lives. Wow, I have so much to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) And the great thing about that too, which I really want to mention is Adding in that piece of positive psychology, I think, is really um, a great point to use because I think a lot of us, especially as women, we get so caught up in the the mental game, like the self-image. We look into a mirror and what we see, you know, can look distorted or can feel not what we want to see. So I'd love to hear kind of how you add that into your services and how that really plays a factor into what you do. Yeah. Um, so... Another aspect of this is that my mom was a psychoanalyst. Mm -hmm. uh, And so I grew up kind of in a very therapy positive household. And through that eating disorder, obviously, I went to therapy and I really appreciated that. And I appreciate that part of therapy that is looking into your past to Mm -hmm. kind of help guide your future. But I also like the idea of looking at your current life and also looking at your goals. So it's kind of a mix of those things. I help uh, my clients by talking through a long like bunch of questions like a back and forth little mini therapy session Mm -hmm. and I asked them you know about their childhood I asked them about you know were there memories of like items that you wore as a kid that you absolutely loved like I had a leather jacket when I was a kid and I still have a leather jacket (laughs) and you know it, it plays into what your personal style is but it should I think that for me and my clients it's really about digging into their personality and making sure that their personality is shown in what they're wearing on a daily basis. If you're kind of a tough chick and you've got, you know, you're maybe come across a little harder with your personality, your style should reflect that. It shouldn't be, you know, so night and day from what your actual personality is. So I take all these things into account. I have them describe, you know, how they would describe themselves, how their loved ones would describe them. Many, many different questions in this little therapy session. And then I create this style roadmap. So we come back together a couple weeks later, um, and then they've got this style roadmap that lays out basically everything that should be in their wardrobe. Some of it they already have in their wardrobe. Some of it maybe we just find a few things that we need to uh, replace in their wardrobe. And then they're empowered to shop for themselves in the future. So it's not just like, oh, I'm the only person that can help you. You can help yourself now. You feel confident in getting dressed every day. And then there's also a part of the style roadmap 
is that they have a whole page of different outfit combinations. They have a list of places to shop online. They also have, I create this list of um, like style defining words. So these are kind of ways that you can feel more in tune with your personal style, but also they're like great search terms. So if you're on Pinterest and you are looking for images to inspire you on how to get dressed, use these search terms and they're going to kind of dial in on your personal style a little bit better. I love that so much because you not only give them kind of, you know, pieces that they should be doing or here and there, but you give them, you know, an actual resource and like kind of a guide on going forward what would work for them or what feels right to them that you know aligns with how they actually want to feel and want to show up in the world yes absolutely it's it's such a rewarding thing I think because I we all have our different issues people have issues with different parts of their body or you know maybe they just don't feel they just had a kid and they just don't feel like themselves anymore or maybe they're in like a massive transformation as far as transition in their work life there, I feel like a lot of my clients deal with, they know what they kind of want their style to be, but getting there and getting their wardrobe and their outfits to reflect that there's like this disconnect. So my job is helping them kind of align that a little bit and help them feel really confident. Yeah. And I think that's a really needed thing to have nowadays, especially when it comes to buying clothes. Like <laughs> we all need that person. And I really kind of want to jump back a little bit too on, you mentioned a little bit about the illness, like the struggle that you had for that for many years. And um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about how that kind of came about and how you kind of helped overcome it for yourself. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, uh, it started uh, back when I was like 20, 21, and I started getting really severe pain, um, abdominal pain. Doctors couldn't figure it out. They thought I had Crohn's disease for many years. They didn't quite know what was wrong with me. Um, but pain was like my major issue. So being in pain for nine years is not great. Um, but along the way, I kind of figured out that the doctors were maybe not in tune with what was really going on. So I kind of tried to help myself as best I could. Um, and I kind of looked up elimination diets. I figured out kind of what worked best for me. And I got it under control somewhat. Mm -hmm. But yeah, many years later, uh, I was working for anthropology in the Midwest. Eventually, we moved due to my husband's work. Mm -hmm. And I got to this point where I was like, I spent an entire year barely being able to eat. I would go through like months without being able to have solid food. I was in tons of pain. I had to pull over. I was in so much pain. And finally a doctor thought, well, maybe I figured it out. Maybe there's something else going on here. And that doctor actually figured out that it was chronic appendicitis, mm. which is crazy. And like bodies <laughs> do that. <laughs> typically don't do that. Fear not. It's not like a normal thing. Um, but yeah, my body basically did that. But through that, it really made me very in tune with how my body felt and the clues it was giving me. But also I was kind of thrown all around the spectrum as far as appearance goes. Mm -hmm. So I would lose a bunch of weight and feel very weak and I'd be very gaunt because I couldn't eat solid food. And then they'd put me on prednisone and I would, you know, I was on prednisone, which is a steroid mm -hmm. for like three or four months and I gained a bunch of weight. And so I, I ha was very in tune with personally, how I was feeling kind of jumping up and down on the weight spectrum and how that affects how, what, how you want to dress yourself mm -hmm. comfort level wise. If you've got stuff going on internally, you just want to feel comfortable and feel good about yourself. So I think that that just, it helped me to become even more sensitive 
to other people's struggles and how to kind of navigate different body issues Mm -hmm. as when it comes to how to dress yourself as well. Yeah, definitely. Especially going through those, the, like you said, the bouts of sometimes you have, you lose a lot of weight from that or gain it. And I think even without the illness part, I think women go through that. I mean, if you are carrying a child, if you have that, or if you go through in and outs of, you know, weight, I think that's a really interesting piece because it strengthens even more so knowing how that person on the other side who you're helping is feeling. Because I can almost guarantee that as women, we've gone through parts of our lives where we've lost weight or gained weight or vice versa. Absolutely. And I I come from it with such a sense of understanding (laughs) (laughs) that it's not when I'm like, no, tell me your insecurities. It's not about a judgment thing. Mm -hmm. I have absolutely walked through all of those levels and all of those different areas. So I can understand the struggle is real. (laughs) Yes. And I think when it comes to, you know, clothes in general, like you said, it's supposed to be an expression of your style, not a place to hide, like not a place to feel like you're kind of, your clothes are wearing you, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that especially our clothes are such a great way, like as a conversation starter or when you're meeting new people, it's uh, an insight into who you are. If you have things about what you're wearing that kind of lead into what your personality is, it all kind of makes sense and is cohesive. So I think it helps when people are even getting to know you as well. Oh, yeah. And the great part, too, is I always find it funny since um, for those who might not know, I do Muay Thai kickboxing. And for some of the shirts that I have to wear, they actually have the gym name and stuff on the back. And earlier today, I was out doing errands and I forgot that I had this shirt on. And people (laughs) first thing like, what? You do this? And that's a very literal way of saying conversation starter. But I think that when it comes to your outfits, like you said, there's just there's this huge place to play. Like that's how I see clothes nowadays. I think before I used to think that it was a way to kind of uh, worry about how people are seeing me. But now it's like, what do I want to, what color do I want to wear today? Or what, how do I want to feel? Because I think you can agree with this too. When you look good, whichever way that makes you feel, whatever that is to you, you start to feel good because you can see it in your eyes, in your smile. You just feel more secure and ready in yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if you feel confident in what you're wearing, it translates to so many different arenas of your life. You suddenly, you can walk into business meetings with more confidence. You can meet new people and feel good about yourself. And yeah, I think you just feel more sure of yourself when you feel good about what you're wearing. Yes. And I love that you mentioned the different parts of your life because I want to go back a little bit farther to one of your parts of your life where you actually (laughs) worked at Rob Deerduck's Fantasy Factory, which for those who, depending on which age you're at, they had a very successful show (laughs) for a couple years um, on MTV. And I personally watched some of it here and there. So I'd love to hear your story. And I definitely think a lot of the listeners would love to hear that too. Yeah, that's like a very kind of I don't know. It's a strange it's a portion niche. of my, yeah, it's, it doesn't quite make sense with the rest of my uh, professional career. <laughs> but basically, yeah, when I left FITM and graduated from FITM, I was working, you know, freelance with stylists and things mm-hmm. like that. But I needed, you know, I needed something to pay the rent in LA. And I actually have a cousin who is Rob's manager. And he was like, hey, we need a receptionist. So I was like, sure, sure, sure. Just, you know, I need a job. (laughs) So I became a receptionist at whatever this business was. Turns out this business was the Fantasy Factory. 
Mm-hmm. So I show up on day one. I was not someone who watched the show. So it was like this big surprise to mm. me that I walk in and there's like a skate ramp and there's like all this, cr- <laughs> there's like baby pigs and these bulldogs on skateboards. It's like, it is what you think it's going to mm-hmm. be. Um, and it was a wild ride. I was like running errands for them driving a Maserati. Ooh. I should not be trusted to drive a Maserati. <laughs> let me just say that. Um, but yeah, it was a wild ride. And I was like the real receptionist. Mm-hmm. There's a TV receptionist. And then there was me answering the phones. And uh, I, I loved it because MTV was catering when they were shooting. So mm. that was a good time. But yeah, it was a, a very interesting job to have for sure and the great thing is too I think that it also helped you I think even though it was indirect that helped develop skills now like you're very good at helping manage people helping you know have to go through that since you had to do so much of that minus the Maserati most likely but you know that's okay (laughs) yeah my Honda Accord's not uh, living up to that for sure Well, I want to go back to to when you first started, you know, going down this space of wardrobe styling. And I think the really fun part is, like you said, a lot of your family has already been in fashion for so long. And I wonder when you went down this path, how was the support system? Were everyone pretty much on board with you? How was that going forward? I think everyone was on board. I have one of those kind of really ridiculous supportive families who I could just, (laughs) I could do, I could be like, I came out with a new trash bag. And they'd be like, oh my God, amazing. (laughs) Um, Very like loving, supportive family. I think my family that, you know, had their own, um, you know, fashion boutiques Mm -hmm. were like really excited for me to go out on my own. I grew up, you know, around a lot of entrepreneurs. My father was an entrepreneur as well. So that idea was, you know, not a surprise for Mm -hmm. my family. They were just excited that I was finally kind of going out on my own. Um, So yeah, a really wonderful response to what I've done. That's amazing. And I I love that too, because not only is it part of what your family has, you know, become known for, but it's really your spin on it because adding in those different pieces, like the positive psychology, these experiences you've had in your life all help kind of go into what you do and how you can offer something so different than just a traditional, like, I can help you buy clothes. Like, that's not really what it's about for you. You go a lot deeper. Exactly. And I think that when I first launched the business, mm-hmm. um, I really thought it was going to run the way that personal styling tends to run. You know, you go, you help people figure out what they're going to wear. And that's how it was. And the more that I've helped women, I'm realizing that you have to really dig into who you are and what your level, you know, what your area of genius is. So I think likely the areas that we try and maybe hide away from our business, things that are really personal to us Mm -hmm. are really what makes you, you and really what makes your business more exciting and more unique and makes it more personal and, and really can be your, your greatest asset. Uh, Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think the really good part, too, is when you're with your clients, too, I wonder what is kind of like the one or two most common challenges or kind of like limiting beliefs that they have that you see before you guys start working together? Um, Oh, what a great question. (laughs) I think that they just feel a lot of like the most common thing I see is that they are inspired by a lot of things Mm -hmm. and their inspiration is quite disjointed. Mm -hmm. So if you look at their Pinterest board, let's say, it's kind of really all over the board. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got, you know, tomboy style and then a flared 
floral skirt and then a really boho thing. And it's like they're inspired by so many things. And they're like, man, I just don't know why it's not working. And it's because it's not a cohesive vision. It's mm. not take it. I think we need to take all those little pieces and add that up into a cohesive style that makes sense. But a lot of times it's like they just don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that's like a limiting belief necessarily, but I think that they just stare at their Pinterest board, stare at their closet and go, no, that doesn't line up. And I just don't know where to begin. Um, I also think there's almost like too much choice. Mm -hmm. um, so we all, I mean, I'm currently on a like a self-imposed shopping man because mm -hmm. of this, but it's so easy to just scroll through. You're on Instagram and you, you swipe up and you start purchasing things mm -hmm. or, you know, you go, you know what I need? I need to log on. And I just need this one thing. And, you know, four items in mm -hmm. your basket later, mm -hmm. you've got all this stuff. So I think we're a society just filled with stuff and we buy things for certain occasions. We buy things in our wardrobe that we just think, oh, just that one last piece will make my wardrobe complete. And then suddenly you have so many options and you don't really know who you are anymore and your style is not quite right and you've spent all of this money mm -hmm. and, you know, I just think that there's almost too many choices in our wardrobes and too many choices in our lives and the best way to go about it is really to simplify, figure out who you are, how you present yourself to the world and then it should all feel really, really easy. Yes, I fully agree with that, especially even as business owners. I think that that too many choice uh, gene is in us because we kind of want to go into every little pocket, you know, especially people who are service-based entrepreneurs. They want to go into writing a book, then coaching or, you know, um, selling products, whatever that is. It's kind of, like you said, it's in our DNA to do more, want more, to gather just more. Yes. And I think what's really great about what you said is that you know, at the end of the day, it's not about how much clothes you have, but it's about, it's really about what pieces feel right to you. Like for finally, I'm at the space where I have probably only three pairs of jeans, but it's from one brand that I love religiously. <laughs> and like the fit's great, the quality's great, and they're a little bit more expensive because I know that they're going to last for a very long time. And I'm willing to invest in my jeans as I would invest in my business or myself. And I think what you do is really help educate them too that that's kind of how you should be going to it. You shouldn't be going to Forever 21 and getting those, no offense, those really crap quality clothes that yeah. only last for like a couple months just because like you said, it'll help for one occasion and then that $15, $20 that you spent just went down the drain. Yeah, I have a, one of my current clients. She is a bargain shopper, which mm -hmm. is something that I don't have that gene. Um, <laughs> I don't, I have the maybe more gene, but not I don't that have one. patience. <laughs> yeah. So she um, told me, she's like, I bought 10 things. It was under $100. And I went on this website. This was prior to us working together. And she got all these all these many items from a very cheap online store. Mm -hmm. And I said, and how many of those items are you wearing? And she said, oh, I've only worn, like she's had them for six months. I've only worn one top once. Mm -hmm. And I said, I hate to break this to you, but you have a $100 blouse that you have worn Mm -hmm. once <laughs> like you just spent all that money on one kind of terrible quality item mm -hmm. and the rest are just sitting there and, and it's wasteful and you know and she didn't feel even good about that one top either so mm. yeah I think that that's a common thing 
Yes, I definitely think that is for sure, especially since there's so many, like you said, there's so many stores, there's so many options now that sometimes it can be even hard to, to decipher for a lot of people. I know that thrifting is now actually a phrase people say, <laughs> like it's a verb now is to go thrifting. And I think you can find some nice pieces in there. But like you said, I think it can also add into that more gene where not saying that you can't add in, a, you know, a couple pieces that are good from there, but it kind of entices you to buy more just because the sake of the price is low. Yes. I'm all about really like purchasing with intention and like mm -hmm. quality over quantity. And I think, yeah, when you see things, I have friends who are very thrifty and love going thrifting as mm -hmm. an activity and, are, but they'll buy it because it is so cheap yep. or, you know, they'll say, Oh, I'll, I'll find out a way to wear that. And you imagine a whole life where that item is your personal style. When in reality, like you can have a better sense of self and purchase less items, save yourself the money and also save yourself that decision-making time. Mm -hmm. Um, I recently shared on my Instagram, it takes the average woman a year of her life deciding on what to wear. Goodness. And I, that is crazy to me. And I don't want people to suffer that fate. I want you to be able to look in your wardrobe, get dressed, make it's going to be a breeze to get dressed. And then you feel confident walking out into your life and actually spending your life doing good in the world yeah. instead of going, what am I going to wear? Yeah. And there, I think there was something I read a while ago as well with... I think it was Steve Jobs and Mark Zuckerberg. They both wore the same clothes over and over because that was one less decision they had to make throughout the day. And it's true. I think that, you know, something with clothes, thankfully, for example, the kickboxing place I go, I have to wear the same shirt and sometimes the same shorts because that's what it is. But for most of us, usually it's, okay, what pants am I going to wear? Is it going to be cold or hot outside? Do you have to worry about this? And there's like all those factors that go into it. And it can start to, even if we don't see it, it can start to tear away at our like confidence in our decision making too. Yeah, decision fatigue is real. Mm -hmm. And I think when you have a wardrobe where many, many things go together and you have less items, but they work as more outfits, it's a lot easier than having a ton of items and so many options where maybe you've only got one outfit per item. Mm -hmm. You know, if things work together, you're making your life so much easier. And that way, even if you're traveling, you know, or if you travel for work, let's say, you want to be able to meet with your clients or do all these other things. And you want your wardrobe to be able to go more places. You want to be able to meet with clients and run to Target and take care of your kids and do all the things and not have to change wardrobes in the middle of it. Yes, I fully agree with that. I think even I went to Europe in January and then a conference in March, which both is similar weather. And I actually wore practically the same outfits I wore to both because the outfits that I wore, I felt the most confident in. I knew that they were of my style and I knew I looked good in them. Versus feeling like I had to go out and buy, you know, a whole new outfit just because it's a different event when why don't you just try and, you know, mix up little pieces that you already have? Absolutely. Yes. Well, I am so excited for people to not only kind of get the slow shift started for them, because I think when you begin down the clothes route or anything really with decisions, it's first realizing that, you know, sometimes it's easier than we think because sometimes we can overcomplicate it for ourselves. And it's okay to ask for help, like especially when it comes to something that is actually pretty big deal for a lot of us women, which is buying clothes and how they fit. It's okay to ask for help if you need it. Absolutely. And I think 
you just want to feel good Mm -hmm. when you're presenting yourself to the world. If you are an entrepreneur, how you're showing up to the world is a big deal. So yeah, I think follow your genius and the areas that you need help in ask for help. (laughs) Yes. And I think that's something I want to ask too is now that you've kind of gone down this road and been, you know, well, you've been in the fashion industry for a while, but especially for this entrepreneur space of owning your own business and kind of going down this wardrobe styling path, what is something that you would tell yourself just starting out? Hmm. Uh, I would say trust your gut, like listen to that voice inside of you. Um, Like I said, I was, I think initially when I launched my business, I was trying to fit into a mold of what what I thought people wanted versus just following who I truly am. And I think the more I've become in line with almost with my, what my message is for my clients is just figure out who you are and run with that. Like trust your gut, trust your weirdness, the mm-hmm. little quirks that make you, you just trust that and make that the biggest part of your business. Yes, exactly. And for those who I know are going to want to learn more about you, where can they find you at? Yeah. Um, on Instagram, it's Alyssa. I'm sure you'll see how it's spelled because <laughs> it's spelled funny. Alyssa underscore Harrington. And then my website is westerlystyle.com. Awesome. And seriously, guys, check it out because her photos are always fantastic. And awesome. one last question for you is what's kind of on the horizon for you for 2019 for your business and the kind of where you're going? I am trying to kind of get systems in place. I think that's an area that I'm working on Mm -hmm. and trying to find ways to help more women. So I do one-on-one style coaching online. I do digital like one-on-one client work, but I'm trying to figure out a way to, whether it's courses or through email, Mm -hmm. being able to help more people at once. Yes, and I'm so excited for that to happen too and see how that grows because it's going to be amazing no matter what. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yes, and thank you so much for being on here. And there you guys have it. This has been a fantastic episode filled with so many amazing nuggets. And just want to say thank you so much again, Alyssa, for coming on and being here. Thank you so, so much for having me. It's been a blast. Thank you, and I will talk to you guys all in the next episode. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.